I'm going to read for you Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. This is a passage which gives you an assurance that you are blessed before the foundation of the world. See, we're almost going to come to the end of this teaching of blessing of the Lord. You are blessed. You know, you must be very sure that no matter what happens, you've got to be very sure that you are a blessed person. Don't believe what your circumstances, don't believe what uh, your challenges are talking to you. But believe what God is trying to tell you. He's trying to show you that you are blessed before the foundation of the world. Look at the way how God has prepared blessing for your life. The Bible says, you know, God prepared each and every one of our blessing before he created this world, before he could ever create man in his own image. And that is why it is mentioned here, heavenly places, spiritual places. Because you see, you know, God had no place to keep the blessing. There was only spiritual realm, there was only heavenly places, there was no, you know, man, there was no world. So God had to, you know, keep his blessing somewhere, right? And to keep the blessing, God decided to take the second person in Trinity, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, and placed all of our blessing upon him. And that is why Father was very willing to send his son into this world. Because now all the blessing is placed upon Jesus. Now only if Jesus comes for humanity, you know, where sin and curse is occupied in human life after the fall through, one, through the first family of Adam and Eve, God decided to send his only son, Jesus, in whom he has kept all the blessing. And he came, he took all of our sin, he paid the penalty, he took our punishment, and you know, through believing Jesus, today the Bible says, you can enjoy every blessing that the Father has kept in his Son, whom we believe, who is the Lord of our life, whom we declare is Jesus Christ. So there is a purpose for why Jesus came into this world, in order to show you that you are chosen for his blessing. And that's why the Bible says, you know, you are chosen for this blessing which God has prepared before he created the world, before he created you and me. So you got to understand, you know, don't just believe what's happening today in your life is not going to change the blessing which God has prepared already. You got to be very clear about this. Because sometimes devil will come and he'll try to show you that, you know, these are things that are happening in life. Looks like, you know, you are not a man who's blessed. But you got to tell back devil, you know, devil, before I was ever created, before ever the world was created, God created, God prepared the blessing for my life. I'm chosen to be a blessed man and a woman. We are blessed. Do not disagree with this statement which the Bible, you know, declares about you. You got to agree it. You got to say, yes, I believe that I am blessed. I believe the blessing of the Lord is upon my life and I'm chosen for that blessing. Beautifully it is said here, you know, 
the passage that I read to you shows you and I are chosen for that blessing which was prepared before the foundation of the world. Then I showed you from Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 which says, not only God has given his blessing to you, which is prepared before the foundation of the world, he has also prepared the eternal life for you. The promise of eternal life was also prepared before the foundation of the world. Something, you know, awesome to think about. God knew that man will live, man will be created in his image, man will live in this world and he will, you know, fall into sin. And when he falls into sin, he needs to send a savior, he got to save people, then he got to take back people to live with him. For that God, you know, well planned, he gave the promise of eternal life. And Hebrew 4, 3 says, God has already finished the work for this blessing before the foundation of the world. That is why, you know, you can be well assured that you are blessed. You are blessed by God. Don't believe anything else that is, that is trying to show to your life. Believe what the word of God is declaring about you. And that is why you see, even though you have to cross through water, you know, even though if you have to cross through fire, the Bible says that's not going to hurt you, that's not going to put you down there. But you see, God is going to take you to a wealthy place. Psalmist says, you have caused men to ride over my hand. We have crossed water, we have gone through fires. But Lord, you have brought us to a wealthy place. That is the work of God's blessing. You got you to understand, when God is trying to show you that you are a blessed person, He's trying to show you that you have every power of God, ability of God, wisdom of God, to handle every situation in life that you face, not just to handle, but you have the ability to overcome and go to the destiny that God has for you. And the destiny that God wants you to go is that wealthy place. When we talk about the wealthy place, it's a place where you don't lack anything. It's a place where everything is filled. You know, it's not just about material things, it's not just about, you know, money or the currency, but it's about the joy that God wants to give, the good life that God wants to create, the good family that God wants to build. God says, I've, I've filled everything, you know, for you. That is the, you know, experience of a man who starts to taste his life in living in that wealthy place every single day. You got, to, you got to establish your life. This is where God wants me to live. I'm not going to live in my waters or in my fire or I'm not just going to live in the place where people will just keep on going over my head. No, I will overcome and I have a place God has prepared for me and that place is that wealthy place where everything is filled for my life. You got you to keep moving, you got to keep crossing through every, you know, challenges that you face in life. I'm going to show you today. So if you're facing problems and troubles this morning, if you're going through a lot of challenges, if you're going through a lot of difficulties personally, don't think God is planning to give you problems. God is not planning problem for you, God is planning a wealthy place for you, a place where everything is filled for your life to live for His glory. So that's the plan of God, that's the will of God. Don't just, you know, think, you know, this is my life, I've just got to keep on, go with my problem, this is my fate, what to do, I just have to, you know, many Christians have their own philosophies. They don't, they don't get into the Word of God, they create their own philosophies, say, this is my fate, this is how I have to live, this is my capacity. But the Bible says, you know, forget about describing or discovering your capacity, but discover what God wants to do to your life. He says, I want to take you to that wealthy place where everything is filled, you don't lack anything. Now we got to get into that kind of, you know, 
thought that God is trying to put in our life. Sometimes you see, you know, a normal, as a normal human being, you know, when you go through some problems and challenges and difficulties in life, you always, you know, have a thought in your mind, some or the other way I need to come out from this problem, right? That's a normal person's thinking, you know. A normal person, when he goes through a problem, he thinks, you know, I just have to come out. When will this get over? I want to get rid of this. See, um, this kind of thinking, God is trying to put inside you. You see, you know, man always have a upward thinking in his life. No other beings, you know, no other, except human being, no other being ever have a thought of, you know, coming up in life, having an upward thinking. Today I want you to understand that is what God is trying to show you. Do not get settled with your problem. Do not get settled with what you have, what your position is. God is saying, I want you to, you know, think beyond that. You got to think beyond that. God wants you to have an upward thinking. That's where many Christians fail, you know. I'm going to help you today from the Word of God to have that upward thinking which God, you know, loves to, you know, give to each and everyone. Only when you have that upward thinking, you know, you will, you will desire to, you know, establish your life in the wealthy place, in the good place that God wants you to live every day. So I'm going to show you that this morning, you know, before I show you some scripture about that. I want you to understand, you know, since God has kept all the blessings in Christ, now the Christ who lives in you, he's not just going to encourage you when you have a, you know, thought which takes you down. You got to understand that. The Christ who lives in you will constantly keep pulling you up, make you think, you know, in the upward direction, because Christ, who has all the blessing for your life, wants to move your life, move your thinking towards that direction. You're getting what I'm saying this morning? So you've got to understand, you know, I, I must not, you know, encourage myself to put my thought in thinking on the, you know, things which, you know, puts me down, which pulls me down. But I have to, you know, be careful that the Christ who lives me, in me is a God who always puts a thought which will help me to think upward. I got to have an upward thinking. I'm going to show you, you know, when people of Israel failed to have that upward thinking, they were not able to get into that wealthy place. Today, even today in our life, when we don't have that upward thinking, that becomes the biggest hindrance for many of our life to enjoy the wealthy place, enjoy the peace and the joy and the, you know, life that God wants you to have is missed. In many people's life, it's because they, they never think about the upward thinking that God wants to build or put in each and every one of us. You know, we have heard about a story where, you know, all the crabs were put in one basket. Have you heard about a story that? Imagine all the Indian crabs are put in one basket, right? Now luckily one crab, you know, is trying to climb up slowly, wants to move out, get out of the box. You see the other Indian crab will always try to keep, you know, pulling the crab which is trying to climb up. That is how this world, that is how devil wants to pull us down. You know, when you have, you know, good thinking about your life, your career, your family, you know, your future, devil always wants to pull you down, you know, he always wants to discourage you, discourage your thought, discourage your thinking. 
But you got to understand, I'm just going to get rid of all those things and I'm going to focus because this is the plan of God, this is the will of God. God wants me to think, you know, in the upward direction, not in the direction which will take me down, but in the direction where God will lift me up. And that's why the Word of God says if we carefully listen to the Word of God and if we obey to His commandments, Deuteronomy 28 says, God says, you will not be tail, but you will be a head. That means you will be above. Above is what, you know, you always think, you know, in the upward direction. No matter what challenges you face, no matter what struggle you go through, you always look forward to overcome those things. We got to be people, you know, trying to you know, overcome so many, you know, challenges and struggles in our life with the help of God, with the blessing of the Lord. You know, I remember, you know, a man, it's a story, but I just want you to think with me this morning, a man who had a privilege to stand before a king. And he had an opportunity to ask to the king anything that he wants. Imagine if you get an opportunity, what do you ask? This man, you know, when he had this opportunity to ask to the king whatever he wants, this man asked something which, you know, amazed everyone. All the, you know, kings, ministers, you know, they were surprised. They said, it's too much what this guy is asking. It's way beyond what he's asking. And they were just saying to themselves, king should not sanction what this guy has asked. But few minutes later, the king said, all right, I will grant what you have asked. And all the, you know, officials were disturbed and they went to the king and they asked him, king, why did you grant this guy's wish? It's too much, it's way beyond what he has asked. You know what that king looked at the officials and said? He said, the reason why I sanctioned that person's request is because he has a big thinking about me in his life. Think how big he thinks about me. And that is why he was able to ask a greater thing which you think it's too much, it's way beyond. Sometimes in our life, you know, when, when we pray to God, when we ask God, we think it's too much to ask God. Some people's prayer is just like begging God every day. Lord, I beg you, Lord. Lord, do something. Please, I beg you, Lord. No, God is not asking you to beg Him. God is not just saying, you know, you come, you plead with me. Only if you plead and beg, I'm going to give you, I'm going to grant you. No. Or some people think, some Christian think, you know, if we ask God these things, it's too much, you know, God may be shocked in what we ask Him. Let me tell you, God is not going to be upset. God is not going to be shocked just because you're asking too much. You got to understand, you know, when we think about God in such a very limited way, it is also in a way that you are insulting the ability of God. When you know that the blessing of the Lord is prepared for you long back ago before the foundation of the world, nothing is too much to ask God. When you know, when you know what, the way how God has blessed you, the way how God is teaching you to walk in His blessing, and when you walk in the blessing of the Lord and when you ask Him certain things, let me tell you this morning, God is never going to be shocked, He's never going to be surprised. He's never going to say, you're asking too much. Sometime when I pray, I ask God so many great things about the ministry and my calling. And I keep asking God, you know, so many things. And I wait for God's answer and, you know, I will ask, Lord, what are you saying? I'm keep asking you and I, I'm asking you great things. Sometime God, you know, responds to me, says, that's all? Is there anything else you want? Sometimes I feel like, Lord, for right now in this prayer, this is what I want to ask you. But the next time when I come to pray, I will ask more. Never in my life I ever thought asking God is too much. You know, it is beyond, you know, 
No, 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 it's never like that. This thought, you know, if you get this kind of thought, you got to be very careful, devil is trying to stop you in moving your thought, your thinking in the upward direction. I'm going to show you with an illustration because many Christians, you know, we always tend to limit our thinking. You know, we think, you know, it's too much and we need not ask God, you know, it's already too much for our thinking, you know, it is better we don't request God, we don't ask God, you know. I want to break all those kind of hindrance this morning and that is why I told you, do not believe whatever things happens around you. You just have to believe you are blessed of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is upon your life. I'm going to take you to a passage and I'm going to show you how important it is for you to believe that God would take you to that wealthy place. Do not bring in your unbelief. Do not, you know, doubt the ability of God. God is never going to be upset. God is happy, you know, if your thought is changed, if your thinking is changing every day as you hear the word of God and as you understand that you are blessed by the Lord and when you keep asking with the understanding of the blessing which is working upon your life, God is never going to be, you know, you know, disappointed in what you ask him or he's not going to disappoint you, he's not going to fail you. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Look at what it says here, Deuteronomy 26. I'm going to read from verse 7. See, look at the thought of people of Israel. Why many Christian people, they don't have an upward thinking is because we have wrongly set our life in the wrong practices and in the wrong habits. I want you to note that, you know. Many times we have set our life on the wrong habits and practices. You see here, I'm going to show you the people of Israel. They have set their life in the wrong habits and in the wrong practice, which never ever allowed them to, a, to have an upward thinking. And that is why you see people of Israel were slaves for more than 400 years, you know. So many generations has passed, but yet you see they were still slaves because they never ever gave their heart to think in the upward direction. You may be saved today, you may come to church, you may hear the word of God, but if you don't allow your mind to believe, your heart to believe that you are blessed of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord is upon you, the power of God is working in your life, nothing is too much to ask God. If you don't have that upward thinking, like I'm going to show you today, your life is wrongly attached to wrong habits and wrong practices. We got to break those things this morning. I'm going to read from verse 7. I want you to look the place where people of Israel lived. Egypt in those days was the wealthy, you know, nation. Any problem in any other nation, you see any famine, any scarcity, every, you know, people will travel to the land of Egypt because they know that no matter what happens in the land of Egypt, there is plenty, there is everything. Now you got to think with me, people of Israel living in a land where everything was available. Egypt is a place in those days where every resource was available. You know why those blessings came into that land? You know, 70 people of Israel who went with, you know, uh, Joshua, who went with, you know, the children of Israel, you see God used those people, God used Joseph, you know, he used so many people and he flourished the land of Egypt. Now after all the flourishment, all the blessing is, all, is kept in that land, now I want you to see with me in verse 7, you see in what condition were people of Israel were living their life. 
Verse 7 says, now let me read from verse 6. It says, and the Egyptian evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we were when we and when we cried unto the Lord God our Father, the Lord heard our voice and looked upon our affliction. Look at that word. Looked upon our affliction. That means that's their condition. Where are they are living in this condition? They are living in a land where they have every resource available, yet they are living in a condition where they are afflicted. You know, it says, on our affliction, on our labor. That means they work hard. They don't reap any result. Our affliction, our labor, and our oppression. Look at the condition. Why were they being afflicted? Why they were working hard there, could not reap their, you know, blessing, could not reap their reward? Why they were oppressed? Because they failed to have the thought about the promise that God gave to Abraham. What was the promise given to Abraham? God said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse, those who curse you. This is the blessing which was upon the people of Israel. People of Israel's forefather is Abraham, you know, Isaac, Jacob. All these promises were given to them. But you see, they never ever took in those thoughts, took in those promises. They never believed, but you know, they adapt their life to get settled in the habit and in the practice of the Egyptian. That is the problem. The, the more they lived there, the more they adapted their life to the habits and the practice of Egyptian people. They really forgot that they are God's children. They forgot about the covenant that God had over their life. They did not remember the promises. God never wanted them to be slave. But look at, they cry unto God, say, Lord, look at our condition. This is where we are right now. We are afflicted. We work hard. We don't have any reward for our work. And we are oppressed, Lord. But next verse it says, and the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he has brought us into this place that and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Here you see they are talking about their condition and they are saying that Lord, after looking into our condition, you have delivered us. After delivering, delivering them, God did not stop his work. After delivering, the delivering people of Israel from the land of Egypt, God did not stop his work. He was willing to continue his work and to take them into that wealthy place where God describes it as milk and honey. A land where milk and honey will overflow. A spacious land. A good reward. The land where you have not built your house. The houses are built for you. Field is prepared for you. Harvest are ready. That's the place God wants to, you know, planning to take them. He is not only a God who heard their prayer. He's not only a God who, who looked into their condition. He's not only a God who came down to deliver them. Now they are, God is trying to tell them, I'm here with you to take you to that wealthy place, to that promised land. But you see, people of Israel, they never remembered, they never understood the will of God, the plan of God. That is very important as a children of God today, this morning. I got to establish my life in the plan and in the will of God every day. 
But you see, again, you know, Christian people, they always say, you know, it's very hard for me to, you know, find out what is God's will. It's very hard for me to find out what is God's plan. Sometimes Christian people think it's hard for us to find out God's will and God's plan. So let us write a letter to someone who is expert in telling all God's plan and God's will to us. Now let me tell you, it's not hard for you to find God's plan and God's will in your life. That is why he has given you a holy Bible in your hand. This word of God will show you God's plan. This word of God will teach you God's, you know, will for your life. Don't say it's hard for God to let you know his plan. Don't say it's God, hard for God to, you know, let you know his will. No. How is it possible? Is God going to hide his plan about you? Is God going to hide the will of God to your life? What's, what's, what's the point in God hiding his plan about you in, uh, in, uh, to, towards your life? If you're a parent, you know, if God has given you a child, from day one you start to keep telling your child, you know, you're God's child, God is with you, God has great plans for you, God wants you to, you know, come up in life. Don't you say that as a parent to your children? Some or the other way, you want to communicate that plan to your child, right? We do that, right? As a parent, we do that, you know. We take time, some or the other way, we find out time to let know our children what they must become. What is the plan that God has for them? Who are they in Christ? Imagine as a parent, if we take some effort to communicate the plan to our children means, we don't expect our children every day to come and ask us, Dad, Mom, tell me what is the plan today? Do you expect your child to come every day ask you? Maybe for the first day it may, it may look good for you. Imagine every day if your child comes and I don't know what my father and mother is planning today. I don't know, I just have to go and ask them. Will that be good? Do you think God is more cruel than a good parent in this world? No. That is why he has given you the word of God. That is why he has given you a fellowship. That is why you come here, hear the word of God. As you hear the word of God, God takes this opportunity to let you know what is his plan, what is his will for your life. Do not get settled in the position you are right now. Don't think it's enough, you know, it's all right, I'm, I'm good. I, I have everything. I don't have to think beyond this. No, God says don't get settled. God says he has a great plan, he has a great, uh, you know, desire. For that God is equipping us, for, the, for that God is strengthening us every day through the word that we hear. But you see, people of Israel never took an effort to gain the knowledge and understanding what God's will and what God's plan is. Even after God telling them that I have a place for you, which I have prepared for you, even after telling them, even after doing all great mighty things among them, they never allowed their heart and their mind to think in the upward direction. That's because they never brought their life in the practices of God's word, in the practices of God's promises, in the practices that the covenant that God had with them. They say we, we, are, we are okay in the practices and the habits of the Egyptian people. God says, no, 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 I have delivered you. I have separated you. I have delivered you. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to take you to that wealthy place. You see, as long as they were living in Egypt, they did not have a, you know, full meal. Pharaoh did not give them a full meal, you know. He, he made them to work very hard. There was a time, you know, he said, you know, you guys are finishing your work early, 
and you are trying to go worship your God just because you have so much of time. So you, next time when you come, you go find the brick. You bring the requirement for the brick. Go around in, through the land of Egypt. Go bring all the resources and you prepare that brick and you work. You see, Pharaoh is hardening their work again and again. Even after doing that, you know, at least, you know, when, when things are happening opposite in their life, they should have stopped and, you know, think, what is happening, you know? This doesn't look good. But they never stopped and, you know, start to think in the direction that God wanted them to think. They were, they were settled with the thinking of Pharaoh. They were settled with the thinking of the Egyptian people. They were ready to do no matter how much odd work the Pharaoh has assigned them. They were willing to do that. They were ready to think towards that. And that's why you see in the life in Egypt, in Egypt they did not had, you know, everything full. They did not have a full meal. They did not get their reward for their work. But you see, when God was leading them in the wilderness, when God was leading people of Israel in the wilderness, you know, every day they had enough. Every day they had full meal. God opens the windows of heaven and he pours down manna and they go take it and they have it. Every day they can eat, every day in the wilderness, God was able to meet their needs. Now sometimes in our life, you know, when God delivers us from our, you know, tough situation and when God brings us and as we walk through the wilderness in reaching to that destiny of wealthy place where people of Israel were reaching towards the destiny of Canaan, they had to go through that wilderness. That was a route God named for them. In that route, God was able to meet their need every day. You see, people of Israel... They got settled down their life by saying to themselves that in this wilderness we are getting every day whatever we need. What we are getting in this wilderness, we did not even, you know, get that in the land of Egypt. So they said to themselves, we think you know, it's enough, you know, it's better we live in this wilderness and we finish our life. Sometimes in our life when we get settled in a job and get settled in some kind of income, we get settled in little, you know, promotion and all these things, we say, all right, I have enough, everything is going smooth, everything is nice. If your mind, if your thought is getting settled with something, then let me tell you, my friend, you are trying to get settled your life in the place called wilderness. God can meet your need there. But you yet miss the beautiful place that God has prepared for you. God says, no, 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 I'm not enough. I'm not enough with what you say. God says, I'm not, I'm not done with what you are satisfied with. I want to do much more great things in your life. I want to use you much more greater. I want to, you know, keep your life uh, testimony, not only to your family, but to many people around you. God says, it's not enough. I want, to, I want to do some more great things in your life. Usually when, when people have a good job, they have a good income and everything is going smooth, they say, Lord, it's enough, Lord, I'm happy with what you have given me. But God says, you know, that kind of, you know, getting settled thought is like you're getting, trying, trying to get settled in wilderness. But God is trying to take you to a wealthy place. That is why you got to know the plan, know the will of God. And when you know the plan and the will of God through what God is teaching through you the word, your mind will never get settled in what you are doing today. You always believe God for more than what you are able to do today in your life. Keep thinking beyond, you know, you keep thinking in the upward direction. But you see, the people of Israel, they failed while they were living in Egypt. They again failed while God was leading them in the wilderness. That's because they never 
understood or never gained the knowledge about, you know, bringing their life and the practice and the habits that God wanted them to have. That's what I want to show you this morning, you know, because if somewhere you are settled today saying that, all right, I have a job and I think it's, it's okay, I can run my life another couple of years, then let me think later, after beyond two or three years. I want to tell you, you know, that's not God's plan. God says, you know, no, 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 I have something more. I have something great for you. God is, God is always thinking great about us. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. He always thinks great about you. Sometimes we don't think so big about ourselves, but God always thinks big about our life. You know, when you get settled, you know, you look at people of Israel, they were delivered, they're walking through the promised land, through the wilderness, and they are trying to have a mindset saying, oh, this wilderness is good because every day God is giving us food, all right, that's enough, we, it's better we live here, why do we have to go to Canaan, you know? That is why they were rebelling, they were disobeying, they were, you know, rebellious to uh, God and to the leader who were leading them. Now, because they have a mindset that, all right, whatever we need, we are getting it for our day. It's like getting your salary day. It's like a salary day every month. You get settled, right? Once you get your salary, you say, all right, ah, right, we worked for this for, uh, the, for the past 30 days. Now I got my salary. God says, you know, God's saying, I want to keep 30 days as your salary day. That is God's thinking, you know. And only then, you know, your month, your day should be days like you start your day today, start your month in the beginning of the month and when you come to the end of the month, it again should be like the beginning of the month. But many start well in the beginning of the month because that's the salary day, everything comes, they have money in their hand. But as month goes and when we come to the end of the month, you see, it's like, you know, battery getting drained out and you were, you know, you got to charge it again. You wait for the next salary day. That's because you're getting settled in the wilderness. God says, no, 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 I don't want you to get settled in wilderness. I want you to move to the promised land. I want you to move to the wealthy place that God has for us. Can you think as God speaks to you this morning, is your thinking start to move towards that upward direction? Or you still your thought in your heart, your mind says, ah, it's enough, you know. That means, you know, you are, you are not understanding the plan and the will that God has for you. Let me show you one more scripture. Come with me to uh, Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. And I'm going to read from verse 6. Deuteronomy 8, verse 6 onwards. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways and to fear him. Look at that. To walk in God's way, to keep his commandments. And to a person who keeps his commandment, a person who walks in his way, understanding God's plan and will, now it's look at what it says in verse 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. God never stops. He's not stopping in the wilderness. But he says, I want you to go. Keep moving, keep moving. Keep doing great things. Keep thinking about great things. Keep thinking about great achievements in life. Don't just get settled with what you have today. God says, keep moving. It says, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water and of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. God is saying, I'm going to take you to a good land where you will have enough of water. No lack of water there. You will have everything enough. And verse 8 it says, and the land of wheat and barley and wine and fig trees and pomegranate 
and a land of olive, oil, olive and honey. Now verse 8 is saying, you know, verse 7 says, no lack of water. And verse 8 says, no lack of food. That is a good land that God wants to take you. You know, you will not lack anything. And next verse it says, and a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without insufficiency. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. Look at that. This is the place where God wants to take people of Israel. He says, I'm going to take you to a place where you lack, you will not lack anything. Not only saying, oh Lord, I, I, you have, thank you Lord for meeting my need today. But it says, God is more concerned. He wants to take your life, make your life live as it is said here. You will lack, you will not lack anything. Thou shall not lack anything in it. And a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou may dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. God is trying to show you, you know, there will be water, there will be food, there will be resources. Verse 9 says, And a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou may dig brass. That means he's talking about the resources that will be available. Water will be available, food will be available, resources will, will be available. Thou shall lack nothing. How many times we ever take in that thought? How many times we ever think about that? Lord, I'm not going to lack anything. I'm not just going to see God meeting my need today. I'm going to live my life where it says thou shall not lack anything. That is what God wanted to do to the people of Israel. But you see, they never ever took in this thought. And you see, that is why they were roaming in the wilderness for 40 years. God says, I'm going to give you all these things. I'm going to make sure that thou shall not lack anything. But what made them to not go into that land, roamed in, in the wilderness for 40 years? Let me show you there. Come with me to Hebrew chapter 3. Show you why they were roaming there. When God said, I'm going to give you a land where you will lack not anything. But why still people of Israel were in a roaming in the land of Egypt, uh, land in the, in the wilderness. Why they were roaming in the wilderness? I want to read from verse 7. Hebrew chapter 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today if you will hear to his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the days of, days of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, pro, proved me, and, you know, saw my works 40 years, where I was grieved with the generation and said they do not weigh air in their heart and they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. They have not understood my will. They have not understood my plan. Why? Why were, not, why were people of Israel were not able to go into that land where thou shalt not lack anything? The answer is here. Their heart was hardened. Hardened heart. If you have a hardened heart, let me tell you, my friend, it will be impossible for you to go into that wealthy place. No matter how much ever God says to you, no matter how many miracles God do before you, if you have a hardened heart, a heart not obeying to God, a heart not listening to what God speaks, a heart which is not seeking 
to find out the plan and the will of God for your life. I would tell you, those people will be keep roaming around the wilderness. They will never enter into the promised land. But today, I thank God our hearts are not hardened. Amen? Our hearts are soft today, this morning, as we hear the word of the Lord. We open our hearts to God. Every time when we come here to hear the word of the Lord, I open my heart. Lord, speak to me. Let your truth set me free, Lord. Let me, enjoy, let me experience that abundance of God. Not only experiencing God meeting my need today, but I want to live my life as it is said in Deuteronomy. You know, 8 verse uh, 6 to 10, it says, Thou shall not lack anything. I want to live my life like that. I want to see God keeping my life every day in that wealthy place. For that, you got to move out from your wrong practices and habits. Many times we are get, getting settled with our low thinking. We always have a very low esteem about ourselves. We got to come out, we got to, we got to be, res we got to be, you know, responding to the word of God. You got to check your heart, you know, have I hardened my heart to what God wants me to think? God is saying, I want you to have an upward thinking. That's the will, that's the, you know, plan of God. God says, don't get settled with what you have today. Be, you can praise, thank God for what he has, you know, done for you, what, you know, how God has met your need. All that is good, but you got to keep moving, keep having an upward thinking to go to that wealthy. That is the destiny God has for every one of us. I want to show you from Psalm 68. Come with me to Psalm 68. Look at here, you know, I'm going to show you the danger of having a hardened heart. Keep your life from, you know, hardening your heart to what God speaks to you because if you harden your heart, that's not going to take you to that, you know, wealthy place, but rather it's going to leave you in a dry ground or in a dry land or it's going to leave you in your wilderness. Psalm 68, I'm going to read from verse 4. You see here three, you know, uh, characters has been said here. Three kinds of experience that people go through has been mentioned here. I want to read from verse 4. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, exalt him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, and rejoice before him. Verse 5, a father of the fatherless, a judge of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary, solitary in the families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Here you see, Bible gives hope even for a person who's going, who says, I, I am fatherless, I have nobody I am all alone. I am an orphan. Even to such kind of guy, you know, if he believes God, God says, you may not have a, you know, earthly father or a mother. You may not have a, any earthly relationship to mention today in your life, but you have a God, you have a heavenly father who can do much and more beyond than your earthly father. That means there is hope even for a fatherless guy. You're getting what I'm saying this morning? Even if a fatherless guy, if he believes God, there is hope for him. There is good, you know, life for him. And then the, David says here, even for a widow, there is hope. Even if a widow who has a great fear, who's going to do judge for me? Who's going to do the right thing for me? Where, where can I go stand? You know, I'm, I'm just you know, left, I am forbidden. For them, God says, if you can trust God, even 
for the widow. You have a God who says, uh, you know, is going to be a judge for the widow. You see, a fatherless can be helped by God. A widow can be helped by God. But there's another person, the Bible says here in verse 6, it says, God setteth the solitary in the families. He bringeth out those which are born with chains. But the rebellious, there's a third character, there's a third experience of man who goes through called rebellious. That's the man who hardens his heart. Rebellious means, you know, to make it more simple this morning for your understanding, rebellious means, I will not do what you say. That's rebellious. I will not do what God tells me. I will not find out what God's will. I will not, you know, look for God's plan. I will not gain my knowledge. I will not give room for God's truth in my life. That's rebellious. I will not do what God wants me to do. God says, I want you to have an upward. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to be settled with what I have. That's person is called rebellious. Person who do not obey God, person who do not understand God's will. And the Bible says that rebellious person, even if he has father, mother, so many relatives, so much of money, so much of position in his hand, the Bible says even if he has everything, he's still going to live his life in the dry land. But for a fatherless, for a widow, God can help them. God can because they have not hardened their heart. That is why as a child of God, every day you got to check your heart. Is your heart responding to God? Is your heart receiving what God speaks to you? If God says, no, I, I have a great plan for you. I want you to go to that wealthy place. Is your heart rejecting it? Or is your heart believing towards it? No matter how many challenges, problems you have, yet your heart should believe, Lord, I believe. I trust you, Lord. You know my difficulties. You know my problems. You know my challenges. But yet I believe you, Lord. Yet I trust you, Lord. That is a heart that God wants us to have. Remember, you know, checking your heart is very good. You know, sometimes you got to check your health condition also, you know. Sometimes when you are putting up a lot of weight, you got to check. You got to stop, think, check what goes wrong, what has to be set righted. And if you stand and if you can't see your, see your own leg, you know, so much you have put on weight where you can't even see your own leg, you know, and then you, 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 go, you keep searching your leg. Where was my leg? If you are in that condition, you know, you got you to do something. You got to change. You talk to such kind of people, they say, you know, I'm not eating too much. But I don't know how am I putting weight. Have you talked to such, such kind of people, they say, I don't know how I'm putting, I'm just eating very little. I don't know what is the secret behind it. I remember I was talking to another man, you know, he came and told me, Pastor, often my wife, she packs her luggage and she's, she's often going to her mother's house. I don't know why, I don't know the mystery behind it. I told him, you know, no, 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 it's not like that, you got to stop and think what went wrong, where are, where are you going wrong, where have you hardened your heart? Sometime when you don't, you, when you are not able to correct yourself, when you are not able to bring back your body into control, that is also somewhere we are rebelling. You got to understand that. God can help us this morning. How many of you believe God can help us? Amen. His word is there to help us. The word of God clearly says in Hosea 4 verse 6, it says, Why are people perishing? People are perishing 
because of lack of knowledge. God is speaking to you week after week about the knowledge, about the blessing of the Lord that God wants to bring into your life. Now, am I receiving it or am I rejecting it? And the same scripture says in Hosea 4, 6, it says, you have rejected my knowledge, therefore I will also reject you. We are rejecting. Is there any way that I'm rejecting God's knowledge? God's word which comes to me about how God wants to bless my life, how he has blessed my life before the foundation of the world. He has prepared that path for me. And now God is teaching me to walk in that path, go towards that destiny. And if I'm if I'm receiving it, I tell you my friend, you start to have an upward thinking. And that upward thinking will definitely take you to the destiny that God has named for you. Amen? How many of you are prepared to go to that destiny? Amen? Not the destiny which will take you down, but to the destiny which will keep you, keep lifting you up. A destiny where your life should get settled is, thou shall have a place, uh, thou shall lack nothing. That should be the position. That is the place I want to reach. I thank God every day is meeting my need. But Lord, I know that you want to take me to a place where I will lack nothing in my life. Everything will be more than enough. Amen? Believe it. Look towards it. Mold your life. Check your heart. Keep your heart responding to the word of God. Keep it soft. Let not your heart become hardened. So that you, you and I can reach the destiny which God gave to the people of Israel. And he's still alive today. God is still working today to take each and every one of us to the destiny that he has named for us. Amen. Eternal destiny is heaven. But there is also a destiny God wants us to live every day in our earthly living. Do not, do not reject that. And do not provoke God when God speaks to us. We got to respond to God. Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to show my heart or not to you. But I'm going to respond to you, Lord. I know you are the one who blesses me. And I want to remain in your blessing and to be a blessing to so many people around my life. Amen? Shall we stand to our feet and let us pray. Father God, we thank you for speaking to us. So many times in our life we always, either we think too low or either we get settled with what we have but we never allow our mind to think in the upward direction. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning, helping us to change our thinking in the direction in which you want us to walk. I pray that everyone who heard your word will keep their heart from hardening, from rejecting to what you spoke, what, you, what your word has spoken to us. We pray that you will continue to speak to us, continue to minister this word. Help us to reach to great heights, great levels in life. And by doing that in our life, Lord, we would know that our thoughts are moving towards a direction of thinking with God, working with God, taking the habits of God, the practices of God in our life. We want to walk in your way and do your will. Lord, I bless each and every one who are here as they go from this place. Let this word start to conquer them in their work, in their career, in their future, 
effort. Let them always keep their thinking in the upward direction. That is the will of God for us. Thank you for showing us so many examples from the Bible. And thank you, Lord, for showing us how we got to set our life and how we got to receive your blessing every day in our life. Bless each and every one of us. Bless our family. Bless our work. Father, bless each and every hand that has come forward to sow into your kingdom this morning. Bless them. Continue to meet all of our need. We believe that thou shall lack nothing is the word that God wants to establish and fulfill in our life. Let that, real, let that word of God become reality in each and every one of our life. Continue to bless and protect us from every evil thing that is around us. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. And everybody said together, Amen. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Be majestic dominion both now and forevermore. Amen and Amen.